Blog Talk Radio. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. The Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Your hosts are here for the show tonight to interview our special guest. A show highlight, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, football, basketball, baseball, hockey, soccer, boxing, tennis, golf, story. Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, tune in for all the news and scores, reporting on the games, and so much more, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show, the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Show. Welcome everybody tonight the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Podcast, presented this evening of course by our great sponsor Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce. So delicious and addicting, you may need a support group. And tonight, uh, here it is, uh, February 17th, 2023. We've got a lot of great content to get through here tonight. And uh, Alan is actually uh, on a location here this evening. He is in Daytona at Daytona International Speedway. They just wrapped up a truck race there this evening. As uh, we were speaking here just a few minutes ago, I heard the trucks roaring around the track there, uh, very loud. And, of course, uh, we are doing Daytona this year. Um, going to be a lot of fun. I'll be up there with him tomorrow and Sunday for the Daytona 500, of course. Alan, uh, good evening. Uh, welcome to the program. Uh, you're having a lot of fun up there in Daytona, it sounds like. And we may have lost Alan's connection. We'll wait for him to uh, come back to us here. Um, Alan, if you can hear me, speak up and let me know. But in the meantime, uh, we will get into some of the content here uh, that we're going to talk about this evening. We are going to have a live report there from Daytona International Speedway in the next few minutes, hopefully from Alan. Uh, he is uh, down in uh, the pit area. In fact, he I mentioned he is uh, near uh, some of the um, some of the uh, garages, I believe between 38 and 39, if I'm not mistaken. And Alan, I think I hear you now. Are you able to hear me? You can hear me. Yep. There we go. All right. <laughs> yes, it, it's, it wasn't because of the races. It's just something happened with the device here. But I can hear you the whole time. Yes, I am here, Daytona 500. But it has been a fantastic time. I, am, I really want to thank, first and foremost, NASCAR and the Daytona 500 for allowing us at the Anna Aaron Sports and Radio Show to cover this fantastic event. It has been I can't really describe it in words because it's been just such a remarkable time. Everybody's extremely cool, and I'm just glad to be here on this show. And, and it's a real honor to be on the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show, Aaron. No, absolutely, and and what an event. I've been up there for the Daytona 500 before. I've been up there for the some of the races ahead of the uh, big race, of course, on Sunday. I'll be up there tomorrow for the uh, beef. It's what's for dinner, 300. Um, I was up there for that and uh, I think it was in 2016. Um, I think it went by a different name or had a different sponsor then, but had the opportunity to be down on pit road as the race was going on. It was a really neat event. And for those who are not into um, auto racing uh, in any way, shape, or form, you need to go to attend a race. It'll change your perspective on how, um, how it is. I mean, I think it's actually more fun to watch in person for sure than it is on television, but uh, just seeing the, the cars, uh, you can feel them as they come by you. Um, it's, uh, you know, a loud roar as they, uh, you know, come around the track and, and pass wherever your location is. And uh, just a, a lot of fun. And I, I wanted to throw this out there, too. Uh, this is actually, the tw- believe it or not, the 25th anniversary 
uh, was actually this past Wednesday of the late Dale Earnhardt winning his uh, one and only Daytona 500, uh, which was uh, just a remarkable event back in 1998. It actually was on February 15th of 1998. Uh, Dale, number three, he won, uh, again, his uh, his lone uh, Daytona 500. He'd had some near misses in the years previously, uh, just like 1990, where he blew a tire in the last uh, couple turns and uh, ended up not finishing at the top. So, um, iconic moment in NASCAR history uh, happened 25 years ago this past Wednesday. Uh, you and I are going to have a lot to talk about NASCAR-wise uh, tomorrow as well as Sunday. Uh, you have um, put out a lot of great content, and you told me that's not even the tip of the iceberg at this point with some of the other stuff you've got to put out there as well. But uh, I want to know, um, in, in the couple days you've been there at this point, Alan, what is the what is the coolest thing or the neatest thing that you've run into so far, aside from, of course, the cars on the track? Yeah, that's a great question. I would have to say, you know, I, a lot of people who don't know who Blippy is don't get it. <laughs> <laughs> but Blippy is the kid version of Michael Jackson. Mm-hmm. And the coolest thing about that is that the kids who are maybe about eight and under, if you ever go to YouTube, watch B-L-I-P-P-I, B-L-I-P-P-I, and his content is just remarkable. It is just so kid-friendly, very educational, very engaging, and he's just wonderful at what he does. And I would have to say he has over 17 million followers for those who don't know. But if you're a parent or grandparent or kid, you understand and you get it. And I'm telling you right now, it is it's one of those things where he is just phenomenal what he does and engage people. For me to run into Blippi is, I would have to say, is a one in a million opportunity. I was shocked when I saw him. I was acting like I was acting like a little kid when I saw him. Actually, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. As as a parent with three children, um, now they're all a little bit older now than they, of course, used to be, but. Uh, Blippi has been in our household for many, many years. So that was a really neat thing to see uh, the post that you put up about that. I think it was Wednesday or might have been yesterday. Uh, I forget. But uh, a lot of great content. You've run into a lot of people. I've seen some interviews that you posted on both of our uh, Facebook as well as uh, the Instagram page that you uh, manage there as well. So that's a great thing to see. Um, the race is going to be a lot of fun. But, you know, part of the fun of going to this event, part of the neat thing about being able to attend this uh, in a media capacity is all the individuals that you get a chance to rub shoulders with. I know last year you got a chance to run into Emmett Smith and, you know, a few other um, names that are not racing related, so to speak, people who are either uh, maybe a team owner or they have an investment somewhere, or, you know, they just wanted to attend the race because uh, of course they can do that. So, um, but uh, great event. I'm looking forward to tomorrow, uh, bringing the family up with me. Um, They'll be in the stands. You and I will be down on uh, on uh, Radio Road, as they call it. And uh, obviously, it'll be a lot of fun. And then Sunday will be uh, tremendous. And I'm not sure if they've announced this or not. Maybe you've heard. Is there someone who is playing a concert before the 500 on Sunday? Yes, there is. In fact, I, that's one of the things I do have is the the inside edition and <laughs> inside track of who's going to be here. I'll let you guys know that. I also did want to go ahead and mention, I want to give props to, just give me one second, I want to give props to also Katie, the agent toner, who uh, I interviewed her last year, and this year I was able to, she's the Thunderbirds, she was in the press conference, I was able to ask her and get her to update what has happened in her life for the last year. And I felt like I was kind of a vet because I was like, you know what? I was here last year and I got a chance to meet you and rub shoulders with you. Please update how you've been for the last year. And it was really cool that uh, she goes by agent, that she was here and she told us, you know, what's going on in her life. So I feel like I'm a vet already. I've been here only one year last year and it's been already cool. Another thing, you're right. You get a chance to, to rub shoulders with so many great people which is awesome. I'm going to go ahead and let you guys know who to expect to see. I just uh, mentioned that to you. I just want to make sure I got the list in order. 
Just give me one moment, and then uh, I'll go over that with you. Give me one second, guys. Yeah, so one of the great things, too, about this, this great event is you get a chance to meet not only cool people, but it's just so much fun. Talk about yourself when you see the race cars coming in, you hear them. What do you think of that? Well, I mean, you know, you've watched on TV, or I have at least for years. I, I remember the first couple of races I watched in the early 90s, and, and you see, you know, a uh, car come into the pits. They're going to get new tires, you know, get, get fill up on gas and that sort of thing. And you think about, Alan, we go to the gas station, and we get out of our car, and we walk around to the pump and, you know, put our card in and select the, the type of gas we want, and it takes about five minutes uh, maybe just to get to that point and another five minutes to – fill up the gas tank and these guys are coming in to get tires and you know fill up the tank in 20 seconds kind of thing so um being that close to the pits uh is remarkable to watch that happen it's almost like you don't you can't believe that it occurred and i also remember because this again was in 2016 so it's been about seven years ago being down on pit road behind the wall the one thing that I was told being down there, and I'm sure you probably have been told this too, being in that same area, your head on a swivel. Because if you don't, you could get run over by somebody bringing in tires. You could get hit by somebody bringing in, you know, more fuel. There's a lot of things you have to be really careful about, but it's a neat perspective. It's it's really, it's it's almost like, you know, the equivalent, I would say, to being on the sidelines for a football game, uh, being in the dugout for a baseball game, or, you know, being uh, behind the curtain, you know, at a Broadway play, you're behind the scenes, you're watching everything happen for the production that we're seeing on television. So it's going to be a lot of fun. I think we'll, we'll be able to take some great pictures and give some great perspective that we'll report back on next week to what we saw. And I know that you saw all this stuff last year and you've seen it here yesterday and, of course, again today with some of the races they had going on. And tomorrow there's more stuff that will happen. So this is going to be a lot of fun. And, and again, running into running into some big names will be a lot of fun as well, hopefully. So. Yeah, it will be. In fact, let me give you guys the scoop of who we expect to see here. First thing in the morning at 9.30 a.m., the Grand Marshal Richard Petty will be doing a press conference. I'll attend that. He was here last – he was here about two hours ago. I was on the field. I got some pictures of him. And then uh, you'll also have – let's take a look here. Dirk Spentley. Will also be in attendance on Sunday. The U.S. Air Force, the Thunderbirds, will be performing on Sunday as well. You'll have Breland singing the national anthem for the Breland fans. You have comedian Tiffany Haddish. My wife would love to have met her, but she's a great comedian. You have Charlotte Flair. She's the honorary official. She is, for those who don't know, wrestling fans. Google Charlotte Flair. So for Daisy Kill, he would know who that is, our former guest. So props to <laughs> Daisy Kill. <laughs> but Charlotte Flair will be here on Sunday. The Grand Marshals, which is around noon time on Sunday, you'll have Jeff Gordon, Gail Garrett, and Bill Elliott. And, of course, you'll have uh, interviews with the winners, the crew, the chief, the team, owner, leadership, they're available. Please, that pit bull, I mean, that's got to be Daniel Suarez, or you got to have my guy, <laughs> Alba Wallace, win. That means they'll probably be in conference. They'll find a way to show up somehow. That's yeah. what the winners do, right? What do you think? You think they'll find a way to show up on some type of jet? I'm sure they're in the area. If not, uh, they'll be able to get there pretty quickly if something like that was to occur. Um, I can't imagine that they're not there in some capacity, at least within uh, an earshot of, of the track. So that'll be a really interesting thing. And, again, uh, you know, the neat thing, too, you're walking around in a crowd of people. Some of them are media. Some of them are fans that have special access. And then you realize that you walk past somebody that, you know, you didn't realize they were there. Um, some of these famous people, whether it's uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. or some of the other ones out there, they're rubbing shoulders with you and you don't even realize it because they're, they're just regular people like you and I are. So 
um, I think that'll be a really fun thing. And again, I think it'll be neat to, to run into some famous uh, famous folks while we're there. Maybe we can get a, a quick, uh, you know, question and answer session in with them, that kind of thing. I know you did that last year with Emmett Smith. Um, so this will hopefully be a, a, a repeat of that. And um, maybe some other big names that we're not even aware of that are going to attend uh, will be uh, able to uh, to speak with them as well. So um, I'm looking forward to it. Yeah. This is, uh, this is going to be my second 500. Um, the first one I went to three years ago, unfortunately, about 20 laps in, Mother Nature decided not to cooperate, and it started raining, and it stopped, and then it picked up again. They ended up delaying the race uh, until the Monday, uh, the day after, of course, and, of course, I wasn't able to attend the rest of it. So um, this will be a, a ton of fun. I know we're both looking forward to it. And, um, again, we're going to have a ton of content uh, to go over and put out there on our social media over the next several days, probably all the way through oh, the yes. next week. Um, <laughs> I know you've been – been super busy um you know how is the weather i know I'm, I'm down in the tampa area myself but how is the weather uh two or so hours to the northeast where i'm at how, how's the weather up there been it's been great up until tonight it is it was raining a little bit light rain on the truck series it stopped raining for the most part john we're still getting a little bit of light rain and a little bit of wind so today is the only day that's have a it's not bad or anything like that, but it is slightly raining and there's a little bit of wind. So that could be a contributing factor to you guys not hearing me so great tonight. But other than that, it's been great. Not too hot, not too cold. It's been just like the very, very nice weather. And I did want to – I'm glad you brought that up, Aaron. That's a great point about the content. I did want to go ahead and apologize to you guys for a good reason, though. There is a ton of content I have, and I'm, I know I've been slow to get it out. It's just that it's been, as I'm trying to get it out, more content is coming in type of thing, you know? And like you said, you, your head is on a swivel. There's press conferences. You don't want to miss anything, photos to take. This year, I want to thank NASCAR and Daytona International again because not only do we have more access as far as time here, they've given us more credibility in the regard that not only we're able to do our show here, but they've also given us the honor of doing photos. So I'm able to get much closer to get professional photography. In fact, that's one of the great things about the Allen and Aaron Sports, the greatest show is that we give you so much content that we give you things that you don't even think about. So we're able to show professional photography too. And that is why the content has been a little slow. But like you said, I am going to get it all out to you guys. Logan, Mr. Rocca, I want to make sure. Mr. Rocca, that's how you pronounce it. Logan, Mr. Rocca. It's kind of cool, her last name. But yeah. I want to really great give a huge thanks to Logan. I mean, she just blew me away with the amount of poses and pictures she allowed. She's extremely cool. Extremely cool. And I hope that we make it happen for her to come on our show. I did give her my information. Hopefully that plays itself out, and we do. I did want to, because a lot of fans have asked me this about Blippi. Let me tell you what happened. I asked Blippi for an interview right off the bat. And his manager was real straightforward and to the point, and his manager said, I am sorry, but there's no way possible it could happen today. Not even remotely possible. No thing like a diss or anything. It's just that Blippi had to shoot like he had to film like six skits here on site, which he was doing. That's how I noticed him. Mm -hmm. And he said it wasn't even remotely possible. But he did say, which I was not surprised. I know how busy Blippi is. He did. We did. I did give my business card. I did say, hey, maybe in the future if, if things line up and he has a little downtime, please let me know. We'll make it happen. So I am working on that. There's actually been a lot of requests for people to come on our show as well. So we are making it happen here on the Island Aaron Sports Radio Show. Work through it with us. We're going to get all this great content out for you. I know it's been a little bit slow to get it out just because as I'm trying to get it out, more is coming in. Never a bad thing there, Alan, for sure. And I think that uh, everyone will be very delighted when they see the content um, that will be coming out here. And, of course, we're going to have a ton more to add tomorrow and especially Sunday since that is the day of the big race, of course. So 
So we'll park Daytona for now. That's a lot of stuff to talk about. And, again, we'll have a lot to go over next week. I would imagine the first half of the show will probably just be recapping what we saw on uh, on uh, the Saturday and Sunday races. So, um, But moving right along, because there's a lot of stuff in the sports world to get to, um, want to go over uh, this because, obviously, this is the time of year where we just had the Super Bowl, which we'll talk about a little bit of that here in a moment. Uh, we're coming up on, you know, March Madness. Uh, the Masters is right around the corner. That's in uh, early April. Pitchers and catchers reported this week. Uh, one of my favorite phrases to hear ever is when pitchers and catchers report because I know that baseball season is right around the corner. Spring training is uh, right on our doorstep. In fact, I'll be at uh, a game next weekend down in Jupiter. And then the following weekend, I'll be down in uh, Fort Myers for, uh, for a game as well. Uh, we'll go over those a little bit more in depth as we get closer to them, but uh, some somber news came out of major league baseball as of yesterday and longtime big league broadcaster, um, analyst player played in actually four different, uh, different decades. Tim McCarver at 81, unfortunately passed away yesterday, a long, long career in broadcasting. He uh, covered, uh, I want to say 25 world series. I know he did 16 of them with Fox and prior to being at Fox, he worked with um, with uh, CBS back in the 80s and then to the early 90s. And I believe he also did a stint at ABC as well. So um, I know that uh, he was a big, big name in the St. Louis Cardinals community. Our good buddy Chip Carey actually just uh, became the new uh, lead voice for the Cardinals. So I want to send our condolences to everyone in the Cardinal community uh, and, of course, everyone in the McCarver uh, family and his friends. Um, may he rest in peace, of course. We're going to have a brief moment of silence here this evening for uh, the late Tim McCarver, who again passed away yesterday at the age of 81. And again, Tim McCarver, 81 years of age. Um, Someone actually reached out to me yesterday and mentioned, and I, I don't have the name, unfortunately, in front of me, but that he had actually written a book um, that kind of gave his perspective of baseball from having been a catcher um, for the majority of his career and then, of course, moving into the broadcast booth. And a lot of people don't realize this, um, maybe in, unless you're an old-school baseball fan or just a baseball historian. He played back when Joe Torre was still playing with the Cardinals back uh, years ago. 59, it was his first year. 80 was his last year. Four different decades, as I mentioned before, of playing in Major League Baseball. And he also caught the late, great Bob Gibson, uh, which, you know, that, that, that had to be just to catch him one time, let alone for uh, many years of his career. That had to be a thrill. So we'll miss Tim McCarver. He, um, he signed off from the World Series at Fox back in 2013. He was still as recently as a few years ago, I believe it was before the pandemic began, he was still calling games part-time uh, for the Cardinals uh, for a lot of their home games. Um, but a uh, great voice. I, I can remember him as a kid calling um, World Series all the way back in like 1991 and 1992 and um, all the way up until 2013, of course. Uh, that final year, I believe, was the Red Sox and the Cardinals who played in the World Series uh, with Boston winning. That was 10 years ago. So, uh, we'll definitely miss Tim McCarver. He was a class act. He certainly, um, you know, had a lot of knowledge, uh, probably one of the most knowledgeable people who's ever broadcast the game. So um, I wonder, um, Alan, if you can give me your uh, thoughts on Tim McCarver. I know you probably listened to him uh, for a lot of years as well. Yeah, definitely a great voice. And he is somebody that you just got used to seeing him, especially during the Braves during playoffs and World Series, you know, and I know that there was a lot of people who weren't particularly a fan of Tim McCarver, you know, be, I know uh, there's a few people on that boat, quite a few people, but you know what? You can't deny the knowledge that someone has. You understand? You may not like them in certain regards, in certain things they say, but Tim McCarver had a wealth of information about baseball. He was very knowledgeable about the game. He, he almost had it down to a science. And I know baseball is not a science. It's a sport. But he knew he knew the ins and out of it. He is a guy that, you know, he's, he's going to be missed because that wealth of knowledge is not something that 
you get overnight. It takes time, but you make a catcher. And positions like the catcher and being a broadcaster, these are things that you learn so much through experience that can't be duplicated that easily. You know, knowing something and experiencing something is totally different. You understand what I'm saying? Like, yeah. yes, I know, I know that it's probably a good chance I might see somebody that I didn't expect, but I'm just walking through and I see Blippi and I'm like, whoa, you know, what is he doing here? You know, and <laughs> <laughs> knowing it and experiencing the two different things. So he, he's, he's going to be really missed, sincerely missed. And you're, you're a baseball historian. Where does Tim McCarver fall in your eyes in a lot of ways? Well, I mean, I think his uh, his overall contribution to the game, which I think is very important, um, he was not a Hall of Fame player for sure. Uh, he was someone who got a lot of uh, knowledge from the fact that he was able to play as many years as he did, more or less as a more, – more of as a backup player. His statistics aren't that great when you look at him on paper. Um, but I think, you know, he, he was a role player more than anything else. I think that probably really – really um, allowed him to have that knowledge because what happens is typically if you spend a lot of time, um, not necessarily on the bench, but, you know, kind of behind the scenes, if you will, you tend to be part of the planning and you learn more that way. He would have been probably a great manager if he'd wanted to go that direction. But when he retired in the early eighties, broadcasting was kind of his next, uh, next venture because he had a great voice. And so um, I look at him you know, it, it, you think about the greats that have called baseball games. He falls in a different category primarily because he was an analyst and not a play-by-play voice, and there's a difference there. You think of somebody like Chip Carey, our good buddy who we talked to about two years ago. Um, he is a play-by-play broadcaster, so he is calling the plays as they are seen. And then you have somebody who's a former player, a former coach, a former manager who is – you know, kind of filling in the gaps and talking from their own experience. And that was what was so great about Tim McCarver. Think of anybody honestly better than him, um, maybe other than Don Sutton, Don, the late Don Sutton who passed away about two years ago, Hall of Fame pitcher. Um, he was probably the only only broadcaster um, or, or analyst, I guess you could say, that I felt like had a similar knowledge, but he, he told it from a pitcher's perspective. And he really did a great job of, painting a picture for an audience and towards the end of Don Sutton's career most of his time was spent on the radio and I really felt like he did a great job of painting that picture to the audience who was listening rather than actually viewing and Tim McCarver was the same way he he had a very good way of of bringing up things from the perspective he didn't necessarily talk as though he was saying hey I'm telling you this from my perspective he just kind of said it and it fluidly came out and the audience picked up on that. Now you're absolutely right too. There were some people who were not a fan of his, and there was a time where I wasn't a fan of his. Um, during uh, during some of the stretches in the '90s, sometimes he would be a little too critical or a little bit too um, in favor. It seems of one team versus another. That's going to happen though. Even broadcasters are fans of teams. So uh, as much as there's a room for criticism there. He's a human, just like you, the rest of us are, and we're going to have our our favorites, and we're going to pick the teams that we you know, particularly like, so that that's going to happen. Um, but I, I, the biggest thing I can remember about Tim McCarver, and I, I think you probably remember this too, this was in, I believe, 1992. Uh, the Braves were in the playoffs. It might have even been the World Series at this point. And he got into a pretty big debacle with Deion Sanders, who is now, of course, coaching college football out at Colorado. Funny how we bring him up again here tonight. But Deion Sanders, uh, long story short, ended up, not liking something that Tim McCarver said during the broadcast. I think it was being critical of his playing both football and baseball on the same day and not having the dedication to his baseball team. Something to that effect is what I recall. And he threw a water from a, uh, I believe it was from a cooler into Tim McCarver's face. It was caught on video. Of course, it's been out there for 30 years now. Um, but that's one of the memories uh, that I, I always go back to on him, uh, not necessarily a pleasant memory, but just, you know, kind of one that sticks out. So, um, you know, he'll be missed. And I know that the Cardinal community, which uh, I think St. Louis is one of the best baseball cities in America. Um, I was out there in uh, July of last year, walked around in the uh, left field area, kind of out beyond uh, the, the, the fence or the gate that separates you getting into the ballpark. And they have statues of pretty much everybody there 
and Tim McCarver is one of them. And they have uh, a whole area in their Hall of Fame just across the street. And I know his his uh, jersey and plaque and everything is in there too. So, um, you know, some neat memories uh, from me being there. And I know that I'll be actually at a Cardinals game next weekend, next Saturday down in Jupiter. It's the first game of the spring, and I'm sure they'll probably have uh, some sort of a tribute to him uh, that hopefully we, I can get some, you know, maybe some pictures of because, again, you know, we're going to miss him. So pitchers and catchers are reported or have reported. Uh, Alan, how excited are you for baseball season being right around the corner? I'm very excited. You know, it, that's the great thing about baseball is that it's back and it's coming up soon. In fact, I will let uh, some of our fans know that, you know, we're, we have – gotten a preliminary approval to cover baseball and we're looking forward to we are going ahead and um, I put in the request to be at two Yankees spring training practices I should say that will be Wednesday or Thursday I will put that up and let you guys know how it goes once we get affirmated because every media outlet does do things a little different once we get affirmated what they like what they don't like Myself and Aaron will be able to cover more baseball for you guys. So it's just getting just greater and greater. The blessings just we don't get better and granted. better. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> it just keeps getting better and better. I, I, you know what? I really got to thank God for all those blessings, and they continue to get greater and greater. Just even us being here two years in a row, the fact that I interviewed someone. And I saw them this year and had some more content to add on to our story. I felt like a vet, you know, it really like, wow, I, I was here last year when this happened. And not only that, Frank Keller here, big props to Frank Keller here, who is the president of Daytona International, the big wig. He's the one who actually speaks first at the press conference when they get kicked off on Sunday, on Sunday. He was the first one who spoke tonight during the truck series. And I even said, hey, I knew you were important because you were the first one to speak. <laughs> you were the first one to speak when, we, when I did the press conference. And it just goes to show you that take little steps and do the best you can, and those steps will get wider and wider and wider. We really want to thank the fans and anybody who supports the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show you guys make this all possible. We really cannot thank you enough. No, absolutely. And, Alan, I was about, about to say, too, you know, it's hard to believe that we're at this point, but our show is basically right at the three-year mark. We're about to enter our fourth year as a show, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit more in depth about this uh, in the coming weeks. But we go back to very humble beginnings three years ago when we used to record the show and upload it and then have it uh, sent out. Uh, through, I think it was Blog Talk Radio back then as well. Um, well, we would record it usually a day or two in advance. And I remember the very first show, and I won't mention just yet where it was at, but the very first show we recorded, and we really didn't know what we were doing. Um, and, you know, look where we are three years later and uh, where we're headed, which I think is amazing. So uh, we definitely don't take it for granted. We definitely appreciate the fans. We have had a lot of encouragement over these last three years, a lot, especially of late, too. And I think a lot of that is we've caught the eyes of, uh, of fans. We've caught the eyes of people who want to know what we're up to. And um, I think we'll continue to be able to do that. And I think we're, we're getting someplace, too, because you think about, you know, we got the Orlando Guardians, which we're going to talk a little bit about them here in a moment. Um, you obviously are up there at Daytona. You met Blippi. I mean, good grief. That's, uh, that's the biggest thing right there that we've had. So. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Props you know, to Blippi. And I hope we really get that, that – that interview in the future, if if, it, if it's meant to be, we'll get it. But you know, I, I just still am still stoked that I met Blippi here at Daytona 500 of all places. <laughs> yeah, no, it's such a neat thing for sure. So, um, uh, you know, and actually, uh, I want to go back here just for a second to um, to what we were talking about there before about Tim McCarver. I took some photos last year when I was in St. Louis. I'm going to post this on our Facebook page. In a few moments, this is the Cardinals Hall of Fame plaque for Tim McCarver. Um, so you'll see that popping up on uh, on the Facebook uh, page here within the next couple of minutes. Um, thing that I happen to remember that I had. So, uh, but we'll talk a lot about baseball next week. We'll recap the Daytona 500. 
Uh, baseball will be our main focus next week, along with the Orlando Guardians as well, as they'll have played their first game. We're going to go ahead and talk about that now. Obviously, the XFL is back. Uh, hopefully, the third time is the charm. Orlando has a team this year. They are the Orlando Guardians, and I know you spent a lot of time, uh, I believe it was the week before last, uh, doing some press conferences over there in Orlando. I know you got a chance to meet uh, the ownership group as well as um, the head coach. You met, uh, of course, uh, their quarterback coach, uh, uh, which is Shane Matthews, of course, former Florida Gator quarterback. He spent some time in the NFL as well. Um, tell us about the Orlando Guardians. Tomorrow is their first, ho- uh, first game. They're on the road, of course. We've got a big watch party going on over there at uh, Ivanhoe Park uh, Brewery. That's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, we wish we were able to be there. Um, unfortunately, can't be in two places at one time, of course. But um, how excited are you for XFL football? I'm extremely excited. I'm going to let you guys know that we're pumped up for XFL and Orlando Guardians. In fact, you're right. Unfortunately, we cannot be there. The watch party, which is tomorrow at Whole Park, as you mentioned, the brewery, the official beer of the Orlando Guardians. The kickoff party starts at 6.30. That would have been a really cool event to be at. Unfortunately, since we're here in Daytona, this is a commitment we made a few months back. So it wasn't like we're trying to diss the Orlando Guardians. We would never do that. In fact, I'm going to tell you a lot more about the Orlando Guardians and how much we love you guys and how much we value. Before I do that, we're going to do something really cool. We're going to kick off the Orlando Guardians season starting. This is going to be something that's going to be magnificent this year. To the ground. So much so that Sam Scola had went ahead and took his time to write a song titled The Orlando Guardians. So we're going to debut a song right now on the Orlando Sports Talk Radio Show. I'm going to play a song for you guys. Can't thank Sam Scola enough. He is fantastic. Reach out to Sam Scola. Because he is a songwriter, producer of over 1,600 songs. He is magnificent, right out of Maine. I need to go to Maine to go visit him and Mary. Mary, you're the greatest too, Sam and Mary. But here is the Orlando Guardian song by Sam Scola, our tribute to the Orlando Guardians. Here we go. Orlando Guardians XFL
think we may have lost Alan's connection there, so we'll wait for him to call back. No worries there. Uh, we'll continue right along, though, tonight. Um, talking about football, obviously, uh, we had the Super Bowl, Super Bowl 57, this uh, past Sunday, and it was probably one of the best matchups we've seen uh, Super Bowl-wise that in a long have, time. It's, it's going to be very different than what you oh, have <laughs> had in the past. You have so much great opportunities with the XFL that I think this version, as they say, the third time's a charm, I have great feelings that Dwayne Johnson, as well as Danny Garcia, Jerry Cardinal from Redbird Capital, are going to do fantastic things with this league. And I do believe, you heard it here on the Allen and Aaron Sports Creator Show, the third time's a charm, the XFL is going to make it this time. I really do believe that. First and foremost, they have a three-point conversion. That's something that can be very different than what the NFL has. I spoke to Coach Terrell Buckley today while I was here at Daytona Beach. We did a Zoom call, and what I got from him was I asked him point blank. I said, the feeling I'm getting from you, Coach, just through our conversations, is that I feel like you want to be – you want to kind of scratch the traditional football – which you grew up in, and that's your nature for more exciting football. And he goes, you know what? I do. I do. I want us to be smart, fast, and furious. That's going to be the team motto, smart, fast, and furious. The team is going to – he's going to say there's three quarterbacks on his team. He's going to probably interchange the three quarterbacks in, within the game. Not only that, he believes in rotation, getting everybody to play. So you're going to see a lot of switching. You're going to see something very, very different and dynamic. I think this is going to be a sleeper, and people are going to find out through watching it, which is going to be on ESPN, that this is going to be a fantastic opportunity for the Orlando Guardians. I do believe in a product. I do believe in the people that are owning the team, the people that are running the team, the character, the players. This is going to be something very special. And I'll have to say that the Orlando Guardians appreciate the Allen and Aaron Sports Radio Show. They appreciate the coverage. The players appreciate it. The people connected to the XFL appreciate it. The players have, you know, been following our show. They were watching the content. As a matter of fact, Aaron, when I do an interview with the players, I could tell that they're watching my page my social media, Twitter, to see when I'm going to drop it, when I'm going to put it out, release it. That's how glued they are to our content. And I picked up, you know, a lot of followers because of it. And it's really because we take the Orlando Guardian serious. I've done two press conferences while I was here in Daytona because, hey, XFL is going to be, it's going to be where it's at. And you heard it here first on the Allen and Aaron here at Sports Talk Show that we value the XFL. It's going to work this time around. I don't see it not working. Yes, it might take a while to sell out the stadium, but they're not expected to sell out. You can't kind of have that expectation. But here's another fact and key that you guys don't know that you're going to hear from the Allen and Aaron Sports Talk Radio Show. Jerry Cardinal, Dwayne Johnson, and Danny Garcia are going to attend as many games as possible. You know, life sometimes happens. You can't be two fits, as you mentioned, at one time, Aaron. But they're going to be at the home openers, and they're going to make it their business to show up and be front and center so you guys can see them. What are your thoughts about what I said about the XFL and the ownership getting, making sure that they make their presence felt? Yeah, I think that's going to be super crucial and very important around. I think that what what unfortunately has happened in the past, and I'm trying to remember, was it 2018 or 2019 when they, or might, might have been 2020 when they tried the second time. Um, you mentioned before, sometimes life happens. Sometimes there are things that occur. And, you know, you, you think about, you know, the pandemic starting three years ago, that would have been a big, big time um, hard thing to get through. I mean, it was hard for, for, you know, the NFL and for some of the other big sports to get through some of that. So when you have a, a league that has, Unfortunately, less infrastructure to start with, that's going to be very uh, detrimental. But I think this time around they have – I think they've learned from what happened in 20 uh, 
again, I'm not remembering exactly what year it was the last time around, but the, the two previous attempts, I think they've looked at and analyzed some of the things that occurred that didn't work out so well, and they've said, okay, hey, what can we do to make this work this time around? And, you know, you, you mentioned something there. They're not going to sell out games right away. That's not going to happen typically uh, for a brand-new league. It's going to take some time uh, for things to kind of come around. But, you know, the ni- nice thing about it is Orlando is a, a city that does not have, uh, up until now, a professional football franchise. You, you have the um, the uh, arena team for many, many years, uh, the Predators. Um, the Arena League is actually making an attempt to come back in 2024, of course. We'll talk about that at a later time. Um, but I think people in Central Florida, especially Orlando, are hungry for football. Um, you know, you've had some good college teams there. Obviously, you had uh, UCF several years ago go undefeated. Uh, to try to claim their stake uh, or their piece of the national championship. But this is professional football. It's not traditional football, like you mentioned before. And I like that. I think that's one of the neat things about the the XFL is, you know, it's kind of the outside of the box football. Um, It's not uh, mundane. It's it's something where there's some things that you don't see in, in, um, you know, in the NFL or you don't see in the college level. And um, I believe, and you, you can tell me this better because obviously you were at the press conferences um, the week before last. There is a after a touchdown, there's a, a extra point, there's a two point, and I think there's a three point play that can all be made. So that adds some extra levels of strategy. It adds some extra levels of intrigue, and I think it's going to be a lot of fun to watch. I think um, I, I expect the ratings to maybe not be so great to start off with. I think that's kind of what's expected, and then. Things will grow from there as people get more intrigued by it. And, you know, they miss football because the NFL season has ended and they want to have football to watch in the meantime. It's also going to give some other guys who didn't get drafted or maybe got cut by a a team off of a roster. It's going to give them a chance to still play and show what they can do. So I'm really excited about it. I am too. And the word that keeps sticking out when it comes with the XFL is opportunity, is that, you know, you have opportunities. Like you said, if you're a player that got cut, you're looking to make it to the NFL. There was 51 guys that are going to be in the XFL on this Orlando Guardian team. The roster was 51, down from 78. So they went from 78 to 51. Yes, they do cuts in the XFL, just like they do in the NFL. For those people who don't know that, the people that you're going to see on the field are high-character players, just like you would find in the NFL, and they're not just players that are just hanging around. They have to compete for these spots. And if you don't act right, just like the coach said, you know, you're going to always find that in life, no matter what you do, you're going to get cut. So it is a process of elimination. They had four great running backs, cut it down to two. Just me being, as you mentioned in the press conferences, the coaches know me and I know them now. We've, we've Of all the coaching staff, I've probably interviewed all of them at least Minimum of three times, every single coach, except for Shane Matthews, because Shane Matthews, I was able to meet him during media day. But outside of him, I think pretty much, well, him and also Lamar Thomas. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, outside of those two, I was able to interview Pro Buckley several times, and you get a good feel for it. And dynamic, going to be at ESPN. So they're going to have that. They have the Disney partners, too. They have a lot of great things that are going to be available to them. And, yeah, I I definitely do think because this is not going to be like what you'll have. He hate me on the back. Not not to diss Rod Martin or anything like that. But it's going to be a bit more serious of league than you saw with, when it went the first two times around with Vic McMahon. And it's going to be a still fun, very dynamic. You mentioned a three-point conversion, very competitive, but it will be of a tone of, and it's going to be different than the NFL in a lot of regards, but the, you know, the quality, talent, and the seriousness of the league, I think will be pretty much about the same. Yeah, I, I think it's going to be, again, I think that's the preparation I mentioned before that they have done better at this time around. Obviously, time will tell. Um, how that works, but um, I want to clarify too. I was correct; it was 2020 uh, was the last time they attempted this, and of course, pandemic year, which uh, certainly did not help matters at all. Uh, but this will be the third installment of the XFL, and 
you mentioned something there that's a good point too. Opportunity. Um, you know, it's an opportunity for players who never got drafted or maybe got cut, like we talked about before. But let's also look at the coaching aspect of things. Um, I want to compare this to something we saw from the Arena Football League several years ago. Uh, you think about uh, John Gruden. Uh, you think about his brother, Jay Gruden. And Jay Gruden was actually the head coach or, of the uh, Orlando Predators um, 15 years ago, I want to say, uh, 2006, 2007, somewhere in there. He actually worked his way up to becoming uh, uh, offensive coordinator in the NFL and then eventually took over as the head coach of uh, the Washington team. And so um, opportunity for coaches as well. So it's not just players, but this gives an opportunity there. And then maybe the most famous of them all would be Kurt Warner, who was playing in the Arena Football League back in the mid-90s. And then a couple years later, he's the MVP of the NFL and, and uh, obviously had a Hall of Fame career. So, so those opportunities go both ways. It's nice to see coaches that get an opportunity like that. And it's also nice to see um, you know, players have a chance to you know, extend their career and not go into the private world of, of whatever it is they go into and have an opportunity to still play. And had it not been for the Arena Football League all those years ago for Kurt Warner, we might not even know who he is. The Rams might not win that Super Bowl in 1999. You know, all those things that happened for Kurt Warner may not have ever, you know, come to fruition. You may not have that great speech that Dick Vermeil made after uh, Trent Green got injured, and then they said they're going to rally around Kurt Warner. They would have rallied around, you know, somebody else, and it may not have worked out. So, um, you know, it's always interesting to think about things that way. And Speaking of coaches, we're going to talk about the Super Bowl here in a moment, but how about the Eagles uh, losing the Super Bowl and then losing both their offensive and defensive coordinators uh, this week? Uh, you have uh, Gannon going to the Cardinals. He's the new head coach there. And then uh, Steichen is now the new head coach of the Colts. You know, you're in demand when you're on a, a team that's so successful. And then the Chiefs who win the Super Bowl, they lose Eric Bieniemy, their longtime offensive coordinator. He's now the new offensive coordinator up in Washington. Um Congrats to him. I think this is a step closer for him to becoming a head coach because I think at uh, Washington's level at this point, if they don't turn things around probably this year coming up, Ron Rivera may be looking for a new job. So uh, I want to get your thoughts though, on, on recapping this uh, Super Bowl 57. It was a great game. What are your thoughts on, uh, on how it turned out? I thought it was a magnificent game. I, I'm glad that you asked me. That's, I thought it was a great game. You know, we did pick the Chiefs to win. But I thought it was a highly competitive game. I thought it was going to be one mistake here or there would have made the difference. I felt as if this was a, a huge win for the Chiefs. And I just felt as if the Chiefs, they showed their greatness in the second half. Where they showed yeah. their greatness in the second half was they made adjustments. The Eagles didn't make as many adjustments. And another thing I felt the Eagles did do or I should say didn't do, I felt they didn't. They kind of did the same thing the Eagles did the last time they were in the Super Bowl. And what they did last time was they were down on points and they started taking their time running the offense. I, I felt those delay of games and taking too much time to run your offense really, really hurt the Eagles. That's where, where I think they lost the game right there. You don't have to be in a two-minute drill but you have to show a sense of urgency when you're down by almost two scores. You were down by eight points. You have to move the ball, I believe, a little bit sooner because, hey, for you to run the, do a drive against the Chiefs where they have the two-minute warning, they have all their timeouts, that's kind of unrealistic to think that you could drive down there for nine minutes in the fourth quarter and eat up all the clock. I felt as if that's where the difference was made. Andy Reid, to me, in this game, showed his greatness. And this is why I picked the Chiefs, is because of the fact that whether you love them or loathe them, they are a very smart team. You have Patrick Mahomes, who's a very smart quarterback. He is the number one quarterback in the league. Not that other people aren't more talented than, than Mahomes, but when it comes to talent, grit, knowledge, IQ, it's going to be field generalship. He gets it, and he, it showed. That's the reason why I picked the Chiefs to win. I felt as if the mind game that the Chiefs had won. 
and that's the reason why they, they're Super Bowl champs. What are your thoughts, Aaron? Yeah, I, I'm going to piggyback off what you said there and, and kind of reiterate, too, the, um, the fact that one mistake was going to be the difference in that game. And I, I really feel like the one mistake that was made was the fumble that, uh, that Jalen Hurts gave up. They returned for a touchdown. That, that, that was the difference in the football game right there. Had that not happened, I think you're talking about the Eagles winning the Super Bowl. So I think that's, that's the difference. Uh, Eagles are a little bit younger in terms of their experience at this level. I think they'll be really competitive, if not really good again next year. Um, wouldn't be shocked if they were back in the Super Bowl again. I think they have a really great core of players, and I'm sure they'll do a great job in the offseason maintaining that. Um, but, you know, again, the Chiefs have been here. This is their third Super Bowl appearance in the last five years. So they have that on their side, um, which I think benefited them. Good teams, great teams find a way to make little mistakes of their opponents become bigger mistakes than they may have initially looked. And what I liked is Jalen Hurts kind of, you know, he said, uh, you know, after that happened, he, he went to the sidelines. He said, guys, that was on me. So I like that. That, that shows he has leadership skills. Unfortunately, in this game, on the other side, the leadership skills played out a little bit better in the Chiefs' favor. And, you know, look, they're probably the favorites right now to win the Super Bowl again next year. We'll have to check out. There's going to be a lot of stuff talked about NFL-wise over the next several weeks as we close to free agency. The draft will start to take shape. A lot of neat things will happen there. So we'll have a lot of stuff to talk about here. We're at that really great time of the year, Alan. Um, like I said, you know, Daytona 500 is this weekend. Baseball starting. The season starts here in about six weeks. Uh, you've got uh, March Madness. We're going to have a ton of fun with that. I'm sure we'll be uh, be able to follow that really well, too. So looking forward to it all. It's going to be a great, uh, great next uh, eight weeks or so. And, of course, we'll have a lot of content during the regular season as well. That's exactly right. We're going to give you guys a ton of content. We are people who are kind of like addicted to the content, just like you guys are, you know. We uh, <laughs> are going to give you a ton of content from – Daytona 500 from the XFL, as well as baseball. We are going to give you guys more content that you could. We're going to be like Ezekiel Elliott. Keep feeding us. And you guys are going to be like that too. Keep feeding us some more of that content because we are definitely going to keep giving you guys much more to come, much more great content. And I'm excited for it. And that's the great thing about the Allen and Aaron Sports Tech Radio Show is that you guys, Sam Scola, yourself, Aaron, Lou, all the fans, all the fantastic guests, all of it is just a blessing. You guys are motivated. In fact, some of the things that I've heard through interviews about how much people listen to and love our show and part of our experience. And I want to also thank Kurt. He came on our show. He did a fantastic interview. And I want to thank Kurt for for really inspiring to go ahead and push us forward. In fact, I'm supposed to be on his show tomorrow night as special guest. So I want to go ahead and give major props to my good guy, Kurt. And the way that Kurt works is he loves the XFL. He had McFarlane figurines. When they first came out, you guys got to watch that interview on YouTube and check out his full name is Curtis Swiger. It's Swiger, S-C-H-W-E-I-G-E-R, Jr. He prefers to be called Kurt, Kurt Swiger, Jr. Kurt, Curtis Swiger, Jr. He prefers to be called Kurt and you got to watch that interview. He pulled out some figurines from, I guess it was the year 2000. And that was when the XFL first started. He had McFarlane figurines from there. Talk about that. Talk about that experience right there, Aaron. The fact that they had McFarlane figurines from the very first XFL team. What are your thoughts on that? Well, those have got to be worth a lot of money. I'm sure there's not a whole lot of them in circulation. Um, you know, those are, are neat collector's items for sure. I'm, I'm, I'm trying to think back to my childhood and remember if I had anything like that. I know I had, uh, I want to say I had a Randall Cunningham 
starting lineup, which I think is kind of similar to what you're what you're referring to there. Those are those are valuable. Those those are very valuable to have and um, a very great collector's item. So I'm sure, you know, if you had those out, those are probably one in a million kind of a thing. So that's a really cool thing to have run into there. It is. In fact, I had because Kurt brought it up. I tagged the ownership team and I said, "You have to watch this interview." Not only did he have players from the year 2000, he had a current player on the team that signed his autograph that I interviewed. So I was like, wow, like you got everything. And it's like, it's really remarkable. He, he said that, you know, that he had cheerleaders. He had some of the cheerleaders autographs. I wasn't sure if they're going to have cheerleaders in this league. I really wasn't. But you know what? He asked. And that was Charleston Rambo. Charleston Rambo, props to him because he's the wide receiver of the XFL. You signed an autograph for Kurt, and Kurt talked about it during our show. And I was like, wow, you know, I said you had from the old to the new. And he even had cheerleader autographs, and he showed this during the interview. <laughs> so you guys have to watch that XFL interview. It was fantastic. And we really appreciate the kind words. He must have said it about four or five times about how much he appreciated the coverage that we are doing for the XFL, and he loved our show. He literally said he watched and listened to every single show we have. So when you don't think right. somebody's out there paying attention, <laughs> yes, they are. Yes, they are paying attention. Absolutely, they yeah. are. So <laughs> can't go by likes. You can't go by shares. You have to go by views, and you have to go by what people are telling you. Because sometimes people love your content. Being a lot of the other content creators that are here in Daytona Beach, we all talked about it as a group, and we run into the same thing, that you can put out fantastic content, but for some reason people don't want to give you the credit for the like, they don't want to give you the credit for the comment, and they don't want to give you sometimes credit for the subscribe or the follow. But you know what? We're going to still keep pushing forward because we know – you guys appreciate what we're doing, even if you don't all subscribe or like or follow us. We know that the message is being heard, that you guys love the content. And that's what really matters to us. Yeah, absolutely. And you'll still get great content from us. It'll be uh, greater and greater and greater as we move forward. So, so Alan, I'm looking forward to seeing you up there in Daytona tomorrow. I'll be uh, be on my way uh, sometime tomorrow morning and uh, arriving, of course, before the, the 300 race. And then we'll – do it all again on Sunday, of course, for the 500, which will be uh, even better. So uh, anything else you care to add here tonight? No, I just want to say you're right, Aaron. We're going to be here at Daytona Beach. So if you guys want to come ahead and meet us, we are going to be here at the Daytona 500 right here by Radio Row. We did have a few people request to find out where we're at. I'm going to tell you right now, we're right by garages 38 and 39 next to the right-hand side of that. You don't find 38 or 39, look for garage. We're right in 5 and 6 and 38 or 9. So please come by, stop by, shake our hand. Willing to go ahead and sign an autograph, take a picture, and we appreciate you guys. We really do. If you can come down here because you know we're be here, but like I said, you just never know who's going to show up. I asked the, the president. The president asked them during the interview that I posted up for you guys, who's going to substitute this? What special guest? And he never met Blippi and showed up at the Blippi. <laughs> Definitely an awesome experience there, Alan. So we'll, we will uh, hopefully have more of those types of uh, events to talk about here, m- more of those types of uh, people we've run into uh, over the next two days. And uh, we'll talk about it, of course, on next week's uh, show. And, of course, uh, we'll have a lot of content to uh, to get to there as well. So I want to thank, uh, of course, uh, Chef G's Porta Barbecue Sauce, so delicious and addicting. You may need a support group. Uh, we certainly appreciate his uh, his uh, partnership with us over this last year or so. I want to also thank Sam Scola for the great music that he has written for our program and, of course, uh, the, um, the song for the Orlando Guardians. Thank all the guests that Alan has been able to interview so far and, of course, all those who we will talk to this weekend at the – Daytona International Speedway. So for Alan, this is Aaron signing off. Have a great week, everybody.
accountant for variety Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce A natural flavor Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce Florida gold honey mustard On burgers and ribs Tasty fusion On pork and sausage Classic taste for chicken steak tips. A hot heat wave on meatballs and ham. It's a cookout treat. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Serve on fish and vegetables. Chef G's Florida barbecue sauce. Chef G's Florida Barbecue Sauce Chef G's Florida Barbecue Thank you.